Welcome to the Gossip Brew Show! What's up, brother cuz? Howdy! Howdy, howdy. It is a great time to watch playoff basketball, man. I hope you're having fun out there watching all these games. I, I don't know, where, where where would you say this playoff rates to you, Cause between uh, awesome to best playoffs ever? It's been, you know, it's one of the more interesting ones. You know, it's definitely, I don't know if it's awesome, but it's, it's, I think there's been a lot of like story, like the, with the injuries and like just some people not playing well and stuff. It's been really, really interesting. Like game to game, I've, I've been like pretty riveted on how like teams are going to react. And so, um, but there's been some phenomenal games that we're going to get into. Yeah, I kind of just blurted out whatever my brain was thinking at the time when I asked you that question. And I hadn't actually thought about it. At hearing you talk, I, I'm, I'm actually 100% with you in that. I mean, we had a buzzer beater last night with Joel Embiid. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if we had anything else like that. Where um, the Boston game one. Yeah. Yep. That, that's right. That's right. So we've had two of those moments, maybe a third that we can't remember off the top of our head. But it hasn't been. I think there's been a couple playoffs. I don't know which ones, but that where there was like kind of like in a day, three or four tight games that went down to the last shot with some crazy theatrics and you know. wasn't the wasn't the bubble like that like one um there was like a two or two or three game stretch where it was just like total madness madness yeah buzzer beater after buzzer beater and so it, uh, and it hasn't been that but but to your point like i've been just munching on these playoffs like my brain just kind of like each series just kind of going in because it is that interesting and yeah. um maybe the matchups didn't turn out to be i don't know I guess we'll get into it. Like part of me is like, okay, I didn't get the the juicy matchups that I wanted in round one, mm-hmm. but with a one eight in Phoenix down a Devin Booker split at one one, Milwaukee the other favorite split one one down a player Chris Middleton down, down <laughs> and, and possibly Bobby Portis. Yeah, yeah, Memphis. No. Just split one one heading back yeah. to Minnesota. So like, on on one hand, I feel like that there's uh, not as many outcomes that I personally think are in doubt, but still, there's a lot to to just talk about in every single series, which we're yeah. gonna do, and we're gonna keep it to under an hour? Question mark. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. We can. I do think it. we can do this because um, we have covered a lot of ground in last week's show. Hey, we did two shows in a row, cause. Uh, this is two shows in two weeks. This used to be, you know, the gold standard of cranking stuff out. We've become old and parents and all that stuff. But uh, we are we're trying to get back on track for the folks. Yeah, yeah, we did. We used to crank it out. There was one. If if you said one thing about the Cos and Brew show, it was that we we used to crank it out. We used to crank it out. <laughs> I think we did what thirty episodes on the playoffs before the playoffs one year. <laughs> All thirty teams, even if they're not in the playoffs. <laughs> that was my fault, and, and oh, I'm sure man. all of you can understand why because I have issues. Um, okay, let's jump in. I mean, there's just tasty morsels all over the place. I guess we'll let's work from. Oh, yeah. The who cares bowl. 
that that cause when you said that i laughed because <laughs> i mean that's when i think of utah dallas i go you who cares and then i think about even all year long from a, this is purely a fantasy um standpoint but like those teams were the bo- most boring fantasy teams <laughs> all year long so it was yeah. great the who cares ball and when they when they matched up i was like yeah of course they would match yeah. up and yeah, of course so the interesting part of that series for me i think when we talked about it did i advance dallas across in our talk um in our show i, I don't even remember. know maybe we both sort of threw I our did. I, you, I did you did okay just, yeah just because of luca i didn't see that there was a um, path to victory but i was uh oh you advanced victory. utah or, or dallas I advanced, oh no, excuse me, Utah. I advanced Utah because of uh, the Luka injury, but. Um, I, did, I might have advanced you, Dallas for fun. We'd have to go back to the tape. Yes. <laughs> that's how, that's how, um, how into my pick I was because right? uh, I, I completely remember it right now. But I did take Dallas plus 250 for the series. Um, and I probably did that after our show because, well, by the way, thank you, Cause. I got to thank you. Huh. You, you, for? you for just some general gambling advice and we'll get to that later but i don't want to forget to thank you for the general gambling advice no which we problem. will talk about at a later juncture in the show because i don't want to take us off track here dallas plus 250 i didn't know which team i thought was better so i was like if you're gonna give me plus 250 i'll take the plus 250 um and my heart i knew that utah was better i think without luca but I just sort of keep coming back to like, if you're going to take a bunch of no-name players and then have to go without a Luka, I would want the Dallas no-name players, the Dorian Finney-Smiths, you know, yeah. um, the, 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 the length that they bring, you, you know, um, uh, what's the guy's name? The shooting guard. Uh, that Hardaway? guy. No, no, not Hardaway. Um, Reggie Bullock, I, I told Cause before Bullock. the show that I hadn't I hadn't woke up. Yesterday was a national holiday. You could read into that all you want. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of guys that can can cover a, D, a Donovan Mitchell, not cover cover, but just make him inefficient. You know, show him length and bodies, and you know, in the back line, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell. These guys can slide their feet and move. Um, I, I just thought that was a great combination when you also have the offense. That, that Dallas can bring. Is Hardaway even on Dallas? Anymore? No, he's out for the year. He. <laughs> okay. and what's funny is normally I would say who cares, <laughs> right, right? You know, with with whatever he's got going on. But but really, like they could definitely use him right now. Oh God, yeah. And yeah. But while I say they have enough offense, it's barely enough right. offense, and and they need right. a lot to go right in order for them to win. But on the Utah side, they also have the same issues where. You know, Mike Conley disappeared in the last game, Ugh. and that was enough to tip them over yeah. in, in Utah. So, like, I, I'm, I wouldn't be anywhere near as confident about Dallas if Jalen Brunson wasn't really good. Um, yeah, he's a good player. He really – he, and he's, he's, can you stop him? I think you can stop him with, like, a really good perimeter defender bigger guy i think yeah but yeah. he's he just is in control he's a pro um it's gonna be interesting because they're like i feel like um this utah thing whether they get by them or not i think this is kind of a product of like when you have 
a star that's got a foot out the door. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't think it, it's I, I think it's the most detrimental in basketball because because it's such a star heavy star influence game that when you have like this just kind of no man's land of like, you know, and there's the, all the Rudy Gobert, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell strife, whether it's true, whether it's not. I just think that it just it just never it, it, it has a bigger impact on the NBA NBA than any other sport. And um, I just think that they're just floundering around going through the motions. And, you know, even if they get by Dallas, I, I can't imagine that they're going to, you know, not get swept in the next round. So yeah, speaking of national holidays where there's smoke, there's fire, you know, yeah. in Utah. And, and there's a lot of like niche insiders that don't want to break that. They don't want to. <laughs> Like the big heavy hitting reporters out of Utah, which is kind of funny to even just say, but like they don't <laughs> want to touch that story with the 10 foot pole. So there's some niche guys that are out of Utah that get good intel that they are all over it. And they're like, yeah, you know, that's not good there. Yeah. And yeah. so um, and and then the, the kind of the obvious what's going to happen with Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Question. Yeah. I mean that's sitting out there so it's like the way i look at it is these guys will come to play and any team in this situation will come to play but like when it comes time to let go of the rope yeah that's gonna happen faster with teams like that um so i guess what i was munching on with this series is what happens when luca comes back like i think they're looking at maybe game four for luca Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's later than that. Yeah, I think that that's going to be... I think if, if they think he could come back in game four, I think that the series will dictate that. If if, if Dallas comes out and wins games, games game three, and depending on how they do that, they might push that back. I mean, I know I would. You know, if, if, if Utah looks like they're about to throw in the towel, um, I'm definitely going to hold them out one more game, you know, because what those because those kind of you know uh high ankle things are just you know they're devastating they don't really it's never going to get better in this playoff run so if you if you can get out of this series not playing him at all that would be the the absolutely most ideal thing so and and, and i mean he's gonna probably call the shots there which always is kind of silly because like the right. player is gonna go i want to play and right, right, right. and and kind of if you're in Dallas and you've got that player like Aluka, you, you kind of got to think, well, I have a 3% chance in any series because of this guy, you right. know? And, and so why not just like, okay, let's, let's not, you know, r- r- uh, put our, our franchise player at risk. Also, let's make sure he's healthy enough to do that 3% chance. Like you said, and sit him the whole series, if you could. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, I'm sorry. I said angle spinning. I mean, the calf, it's just like, you know, we saw what happened with Durant uh, coming back early. And I know his is just a strain, but this is a guy that, you know, well, the, way he, is, the way he heard it. I mean, it looked so non-contacty that like, right. I wouldn't want to be messing with that. I wouldn't either. So to me, I'm, I'm going to roll. And I think that, you know, you kind of got to look at these things as, you know, overall, if Luca's your guy, if Luca's your franchise, you're, you're really like, let's see what these young guys have, you know, let's see what, you know, 
the Brunsons and the Finney Smiths and Powell, what they can do in this pretty adverse situation. And, you know, I, I, there might be, I think that toward, as the seasons went on, I think Jason Kidd has actually done a, a pretty good job of kind of having Luca understand that like talent aside, you, you really have not accomplished anything. And you, you know, I think he's done a little, he's done a pretty good job of getting some of the, I would, I, should, I, should, I don't know if it's power back, but at least understanding that he's a, a valuable partner in their thing where, where I think that they were definitely Dallas was definitely on the road to having it be like a Luca as like a LeBron type of situation where he was poised to kind of take over the organization. And I think, I think at least now be, because of what Jason Kidd has done as a player, I think he's been able and, and how he kind of called him out a little bit in the media. I think he's kind of earned a little bit of that respect and at least Paused that Luca runs the show train. So um, I think we're going to need to do Brooklyn, um, Boston, like soon, like right now. After you bring up the that comment, that dynamic. Yes. Um, I'm forgetting his first name, and and he's a real cool follow. Jones on the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of blurted out the other night. How many of you Jason Kidd haters are talking right now? Right. And nobody said anything, and I was like laughing because everybody everybody piled on Dallas for that hire and I was thinking the same thing I was like these guys are just kind of you know playing solid ball mentally they look like they're there you know that's really in today's day and age of NBA coaching if you can have your guys just not being a disaster right that's half the battle, man. It, is. it totally is. Like, <laughs> you, you just know that your guys are going to actually like remember what we've practiced for 82 games. And adhere to basic basketball, basketball principles. Like, yeah. You're, like when they see somebody good by, they don't just stand there. They actually move over and help. If you can get guys to do that today, you're, you're winning. And that was kind you of at the core of my thinking of this Dallas uh, Luca question is when, when you, especially when you're down. And cause I don't know if you remember when we were playing. Not we we're going to make this about us, but like we didn't have like always like the sexy talent, like the offensive right. players. But we, and we knew that we knew that we didn't have that offense to rely on. So we just buckled down and locked you up and played smart ball and Dallas in that same vein. It's like, they know that like Dorian Finney Smith knows that he has to be aggressive offensively and be good on that end. And he knows he's got to contribute, which is a change of pace for him. Um, But it all fits within an overall coherent game plan of Spencer Dinwiddie's going to take a lot of shots. Jalen Brunson's going to take a lot of shots. Everybody knows that going in. And man, if they just had one more player, that's why that yeah. Hardaway comment, because Josh Green is the guy right now testing Rudy Gobert as, you know, Dallas does what everybody's going to do to Rudy Gobert, which is go small. And, yeah. um, you know, he just is not confident enough to take the open three or do anything really, <clears throat> which is kind of surprising because you would think you get a little bit more out of Josh Green um, if they had that last rotational player to, to really punish Gobert in that style of a matchup that that would be really interesting. Cause I think you would start to find out how to crack Utah and yeah. whoever faces them next will do that. Um, 
if they advance. Yeah. But uh, just a team that can play the right way because you don't have a lot of talent, <clears throat> because you don't have a lot of offense. Everybody's just got to fill in and know their roles, and that's great. Uh, Utah, the Cole Gobert thing, we'll, we'll have time to talk about that at some other point, I guess. Um, I just think that, like, he's both really good at defense and, to me, completely overrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> Two things can be true. <laughs> it's maybe, yeah, thank you. That's probably the best explanation to get us out of this series and into uh, a, a tastier meatball, which, to your point about Jason Kidd, putting the star in his place sort of, you know, I don't yeah. want to go too far with that, but like that game last night between Brooklyn and Boston, oof, oof. man, oof. Th- that's a great series until that second half. I didn't enjoy watching that second. I don't have a horse in this race. I don't care. Oof. Yeah. Um, man, that's, <laughs> I didn't think that Steve Nash was that, kind of gutless is that the right word i mean like he is way out of his depth yeah i saw you tweet that i was i was I mean, laughing he's, he's he has this ship is careening and there is no pause they're not doing anything they're not running any sets they're not they, they, it, they like i thought so game one Nobody yelled at anybody. No, no, forget about it. I mean, you really, you really are seeing like, you know, there was a reason that like Kevin Durant wanted this guy. <laughs> you know, they got to be buddy buddy in Golden State, and like, you know, we've talked about, you know, what happened in OKC with them and how the entire purpose of their organization was to make sure that these guys were happy. And that they would resign and clearly Kevin Durant after his time at Gold State wanted to get back to that <laughs> like the whole idea of having other players on an equal footing as you and you know a true organization and accountability was not something that he really was into <laughs> so he's like let me get the guy who has no experience i can walk all over and really you know we're gonna be so good that he won't have to do anything well the nba is still the nba and you kind of got to be good at stuff especially and, against boston i mean I, like and when you when you think of these teams like okay i gotta defend kevin durant like all right well give me Jalen Brown, give me, you know, Jason Tatum can't hold up. And they showed him everything, Kevin Durant. I mean, they, because when you have a switching defense like they do, and it makes sense to switch, like you want to show Kevin Durant all these different looks. Marcus Smart spent time on him. I mean, what a, what a great defense you could have. And I mean, hell, if they could have Robert Williams, they'd just be, you know, icing on the cake. This is where I was thanking you, by the way, because like, I kind of, I kind of overrated the absence of Robert Williams. Yeah. And so it, it caused me to pull back on some of my, even though Brooklyn covered in game one, I believe mm-hmm. I, I thought that it was going to be a little bit more easy of a bet and yeah. it yeah. wasn't. And I didn't bet it. And I'm glad I didn't bet it, even though it hit. Um, but that's a, and, and Al Horford 
especially with the way that they've called some of these games. And, and there was, you know, the officiating discussion in the playoffs is whatever it is. I, I don't know what they're doing. They're calling fouls one half and then not calling them the next. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, you, all, all you all you want is for consistency. You, you can't if you want to let it go physical, let it go physical. If you want to you want to call everything, call everything. But but stay consistent. Well, and if it goes physical, then it's really important that Brooklyn get their you know what together because like Al Horford can cover Kevin Durant in a physical matchup. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's they, they don't. Like they just showed a play, and I've got like ESPN on the back on the background like a couple of minutes ago, where they hit Kevin Durant three times on his way to set a screen. You know, like that that, that is like they're talking about what's wrong with Kevin Durant. He's tired. You know, he's he's he's, he's getting his butt kicked out there. You know, I, I and he was he was and he was clearly going to set a screen. It wasn't like. You know, I mean, I guess technically he could have stopped at one point in the high post, but he, he was he was going, he was trying to, he was finding his way to his screen, and they hit him like they did the old, just like I'm just gonna get in his way. Like I think it was a uh, Williams, was the you know, the first guy who had him was like Jalen Brown, and then they called a switch, and Williams just stood there wide base with his hands up right in his line of traffic, and hit him again right in the you know he hit Durant hit him in the chest. And it wasn't really a foul, but maybe it could have been in the regular season. Then he went up to the top, and then the guy who he was screening was like grabbing his arm and like hitting him the whole time. It was like, wow, you know, they are they are really not going to allow Kevin Durant to roam around this court without getting touched. And um, and that's the book on him. Like yeah. that. That's I mean, you got to do that. And it looked like he got hit in the face by Mike Tyson multiple times. Yeah. Not sure if you're seeing that on the uh, ticker yet today, cause apparently, no. apparently old Iron Mike teed off on an airline passenger story, oh story to follow. Oh we don't know what oh happened boy. there, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that at some point in time after the show. Um, that that's like right out of the book is, is you got to make, it's like NFL football. Like you've got to make yeah. the quarterback feel the ground, you know, just like, yeah. Yeah. It, so it, they're doing all this stuff. And then what do you do when you're Brooklyn? You do nothing. You do yeah. abs- less than nothing. You let Kyrie yeah. be Kyrie. Yeah. Essentially. They, they have no, like you could like teams that like, somebody's going on a run against you, right? Like, have you ever seen, any quality team come out of a timeout when there's been an eight oh run and then not have a bread and butter play that is either gonna get you a bucket or a layup or a free or a foul. Like uh, they they come out of these timeouts and they do the same exact thing. And it, it comes <laughs> back to out. the the Jason Kid Luca point is like Steve Nash is too afraid to tell Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving that, you know, their their bleep stinks. Yeah. And that's, I think, like in a nutshell, the NBA. Like, yeah. The, it was funny because Demarcus Cousins was the most difficult player in the NBA. We'll just say that, you know, for right. hi- hypothetical. And, right. and Michael Malone came in and told him that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, you're the most difficult player in the NBA. You need to shut up. Yeah. And Cousins was like, you know what? You're right. You give it a whirl. Let me give it a whirl. <laughs> you you actually treated me like an adult, and you yeah. you 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 know you didn't placate me. Right. I like you. 
and 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 then cousin still has his issues in denver you know like it's not like right. that stuff don't magically goes away but like at right. least when you you're the coach you put your name on it and and it, it's right. about you yeah not about okay i let these guys do what they want or or whatever agreement it's all so damn political in these organizations like why the hell was steven adams playing minutes in in the memphis series like somebody in that building thought that that was a good idea it was probably the general manager it was probably the coach it wasn't steven adams he tapped out as soon as he got two fouls he told the coach he's like we want to win you yeah. know could you please stop playing me <laughs> we, uh, i i gotta deal with i gotta deal with uh you know deandre ayton down the road so just you could you, you i'm not good here use <laughs> me like, then yeah it's like, let, me, let me rest <laughs> and, and that's i think like i i don't have like a great cause and brew story from the past where like we, we were like yeah like i can't score on this person can you do it you know, yeah. like that's that's missing from their leadership equation in Brooklyn is this like, hey, we need to do something in order for us to win. And maybe it doesn't involve with you two, you know, just probing the perimeter against a switching right. defense that doesn't care if you dribble 10 times. Right. Like the lack of the lack of their, their sets are so unimaginative and like there, there's nobody even cutting. There's nothing off. Why there's would no, you? Like, there's no. Yeah, right. I don't want to get anybody to pass it to you. But the, the idea that people cutting to the hoop off the ball is going to make people turn their head or relieve some of the pressure on the guys that want to shoot anyway, like it, it's like I, I'm. I kind of think this series. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, my observation is this thing's a wrap. I mean, I think that. Mm. I think that you know. I don't know that the Nets can play better defense than they did in the game one for an entire game. And it only, the, the wheels fell off on the last possession. And that was like, really like their defense in a nutshell for the whole year. It's habits. Guys standing, not watching two guys jumping out the ball, you know, like it was, it, it was just everything that not only they, they, two guys rushed to the shooter, but they both left their feet too. Like it was just like Kevin Durant got his back turned to his man. He's not low enough to stand ball. Like there was like 10 different th- defensive and, principles that were completely thrown out of the window on one, on the most crucial play. You know, game. who didn't get any love or maybe not enough love was Jalen Brown. Cause he caught that ball in transition and he didn't have anywhere to go. He's like, I'm just right. going to the baseline. Right. I'll, I'll handle it when I get there. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then somebody popped loose pass, pass, you know, and, and boom, it was there. But of course, Kevin Durant, you know, went to sleep and and Kyrie yep. you know went to sleep and and yep. that was that it, it, and that was that's how fast it went like yeah. they were going to win and then they were going to lose and yep. now they're like you said really in a deep 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 pickle here like this is this is bad um yeah. i don't think like 4 out of 5 is is so tough when i looked at when i look at this series i the way i go i go okay you got two concentrated assets and Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant, they are likely to be good. Unfortunately, sure. they were not. So that turned into the second half that you saw in this last game. And then I go to Boston, I go, they got four or five guys that need to be good. And yeah. you can 
probably get one or two of them to not be good. And if you get Brooklyn, if Brooklyn's got their two key guys playing good and getting just even passable contributions from their other guys, which they have been getting, Bruce Brown, um, Nick Claxton to varying degrees, you know, to me, it's easier to tip over the Boston equation with some bad play than it is Brooklyn. But then when when you have that effort that we just saw, that's the the kind of the the third level of discussion is Brooklyn has mental issues, yeah, and Boston does not, so you don't have to worry about that with them, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, they are like because their defense is it like they really their only chance is they gotta go they gotta be the Brooklyn Nets. It's gotta be all scoring all the time. You know, and they got the good, you know, first half from uh, Dragic, but then he turned into the defer McGee again. And was, I don't even know. I don't remember him taking a shot, quite honestly, in the second half. Um, Seth Curry has been a non-factor. I just don't – I don't know where they go. So I, I'm expecting to get the full, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, really um, efficient – really good first half right of the first game in Brooklyn so it's really about the Celtics if they weather that storm if the Celtics are within six or or eight if it's under 10 I just don't you don't don't like you think it's 3-0 I don't like yeah I don't like Brooklyn's chances because their defense is not going to get any better it's not going to get I, uh, any better this this series. So, so, that they had game one was the gold standard for them, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, first of all, they just can't. The way that uh, dude was running around all over the place, I don't know that like uh, Claxton. I mean, he was out there switching and stuff. And even like even though he was one of the two guys that ran out and jumped off his feet and stuff uh, in that last play. When you're when you're constantly having when you're the only one on the court that's playing defense for 82 games and constantly making up for people's lack of effort. That's why he did that. That's why he did that. Exactly. That's the habits piece that people. It's and and it's it's so funny because like you'll see good defensive play out of a guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one that comes to mind that I covered a lot was like De'Aaron Fox in the last say 10 games that he played where he he finally heard. The the I don't know if I ever covered that one with you. Um, he finally, maybe not finally. He he had been hearing. You can you can almost pretty much guarantee that by those around him and how they were talking publicly about his defensive play. It's like he heard that, so he focused on it, but yeah. he could not get past the habits piece. Right. You know, that's the 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 stuff that will be the last thing. If you if you see him playing good defense, it's because those habits finally clicked in. But to your point, like when when you have to cover for other people's crap all year long, yeah. you're going to you're going to do the overplay, you know, in yeah. that case, which ended up yep. costing them a game and, 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 and costing them the series, really, when you think about it, because this second half thing was almost like bound to happen and you needed right. to get that close game. So right. you didn't head back down to O in this in this fashion. I mean, they say a series doesn't start till the home team wins, blah blah blah. Um, but the, the 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 Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving dynamic couldn't have been summed up better than Kyrie Irving's quote earlier in the year when he said there was like four coaches on the team. I think he said like the the the, the 
freaking locker room, you know, attendant was a coach yeah. of the team. Oh, kind geez. of downplaying the importance of coaching just a wee of bit course. there. Of course. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> as, as perhaps the. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, though, is is he's he's got to wear it. You know, I don't I don't care when it happens, but 10 years, five years, 15 years down the road when we talk about kind of like stupidity in basketball, <laughs> there needs to be a conversation with him in like chapter one, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> extraordinarily talented, not that smart. I don't know. I mean, I guess I wasn't very nice right now. Um, so you got you definitely got Boston advancing here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that it's hard for me to imagine that they're not going to win a game. Brooklyn, I don't see this going past five. I, so, I, just, I just don't have a path for them. <laughs> I, I won't rule out Brooklyn because I just I think when you got two high end players like that, like they go nuclear for two games, it's two two. Then, you know, you're right back in. And so I'll, I'll throw their percentage odds at like twenty five, thirty, right. which is way healthier yes. than you're putting. You got it at like two percent. But that's yeah, yeah, ninety five. Yeah, we're good. And and I hope it goes longer because I think it's an evenly matched series when both teams are playing smart dish basketball, um, which is kind of the most you can hope out of out of Brooklyn as we have covered. So across from them in the bracket is this Milwaukee Chicago situation, which man, I wasn't giving Chicago any shot at all about Ooh. anything. Then they yeah. started to cover. The game one, I was looking at this because I was trying to figure out if I wanted to bet on something last night. Nothing jumped out, so I started looking at their over-under as I was prepping for that show with uh, VEASAN. And they hit 17 of 75 threes in that game one combined, both teams. And I was like, damn, that's like nothing, you know? Like, that's yeah. 25% and it was like 20% for uh, the Bulls. So... That was there was a low foul count, and I, I didn't watch that game so closely. I was like, okay, you know, w w w like grindy game. You know, the Bulls stayed in it, and they covered in that game. I just didn't think a lot of it. And and one of our our Bulls guys basically pointed out that the Bulls got a ton of wide open shots and just missed them. Yeah, and so that set up this game too, where I thought, well, both of these teams are going to get loose after they couldn't make a shot. And, you know, Milwaukee's just going to run away with this thing and just kind of get, get this out of the way. Yeah. Nah, that didn't yeah. happen. But it didn't happen. And I didn't even, it, it looked like Milwaukee, there were times during the game last night where Milwaukee looked like they were beating the bulls, but the score didn't reflect it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, the injury to Chris Middleton happens. The Bulls win that game. Holy moly, we have a series. Yeah. And I mean, a serious series. Like, you take away Middleton and Portis, you know, if they were gone all year. Well, there's a stat you know, for, for that, actually. Milwaukee's a 41, you know, that's a that's a 10 game. That's 10 games different. They're not that good. I, I, they, they are constructed very, very well. They are constructed in a manner where everybody has a very important role. And so you, you can't just take away the one guy that can get his own shot and make free throws down the stretch consistently and think you're going to beat good teams. And, and and what you said, like that was the big thing that was missing, in, you know, in game one. Sometimes in the 
playoffs wins aren't really wins like if you if you're the bucks no one's giving you it if you're the bulls no one's giving them a chance and they've and there's a reason for it. they've been really bad against good teams this year you gotta go out and crush them they were they they were not playing with a lot of energy they weren't really playing that hard and and as a result they got all those open shots that they missed now you flip the script they make some De- demar Derozan said the hell with it i'm gonna be demar Derozan. you get a crazy game from vucevic and now all of a sudden <laughs> you're one one and you're actually the more talented team now and you then know, you're, you're, you're they are more talented without middleton and portis the bulls are more talented than them you know? yeah so. yeah and then on top of that it was funny watching lakers fans online because they're going crazy about alex caruso there was a play oh, that God, don't even I'm so made me want to throw up. Well, there, there was a play where Giannis was steamrolling to the hoop. It was a classic Giannis, like nobody's going to get him. But then right. freaking Caruso was tracking the play and dude jumped out the roof yeah. and, and almost blocked it. And mm-hmm. they called a foul, I think. And I think the, 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 it was funny. Gus Johnson, everybody loves Gus Johnson. They couldn't call a game to save their life. Yeah. Um, which was just weird. Like nobody knew who the foul was on. And so they just got, eh, who cares? And, uh, <laughs> of course the replays are like, we'll show you plays from four plays ago. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 co- the coverage has been bad. Like the ESPN coverage of the Memphis game. It was just like all this, like loud metal noise for the longest <laughs> time. And, then they had like Mike Greenberg and uh, Stephen A. calling the game at one point. Oh God, what a disaster! It was like, what Dude, the hell is this? Like, you know, Tuesday night in the you know whack <laughs> conference or something? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so series wise, like Middleton's probably not back this series, right? I'm going to go back to Chicago. Chicago's really had struggles at the tail end of this year. And my sense is that that was all injury related. And now that they're getting into the playoffs and getting healthy, it's more of a middle of the year version of the bulls that -hmm. we're looking at. Um, Patrick Williams is back. I think he can give you 15, 20 minutes. He's the kind of player you would want to look at for a Giannis, but I don't think he's close um, to being there in terms of an actual cover, but it's nice to have a guy like that on the floor. Um, I mean, this comes back to, to, I guess, if I'm trying to prognosticate here, I'm going to go, all right, well, what's up, Drew? You know, can, yeah. can you it's be Drew thing. Holiday now? Yeah. It's, it's, it's his series now because the, Giannis isn't going to be able to – he's not – I'm not going to have to count on Giannis to give me 35 and 20 three, three times, right? Like that's a pretty that's a tough ask even for a guy that you think's the best player in the league, right? So like, and Drew Drew Holiday's got to be full focus. Like he's a Drew Holiday. Like when I watch him play, he's a guy that depends. Like he 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 takes plays off in with offensive focus. I've never seen a player as good as him miss as many wide open layups. I've never seen a guy like him have a a, a wide open you know lane and then shoot it shoot it instead of shoot it three when he's like one for seven and threes like he's got it but he's he relies on the Giannis Middleton you know playing well that he can kind of scooch by I'll lock my guy up on D 
and I'll make up for it that way. But you can't be, you can't have it. You can't be a guy that's going to take volume shots and then miss and then go like, yeah, but I'm okay. But I'm really good on this end of the court. Like you, you want to be a two way guy. You got to be a full in two way guy, <laughs> you know? So it's really going to be up to him. How efficient is he going to be? How smart is he going to be on offense? Um, if, if he is, they have a chance. If he's, if he's going to play average, I, I'm going to, you got to put your money on the balls. That's crazy that you just said that. And then when you kind of get down down rotation, it's also George Hill's not playing anytime soon. I, I mean, yeah. he's he's bad. Don't get me wrong, like real bad. But at times he shows up. It's really weird. Right. You want to write him off? Sometimes he'll just show up for about a quarter. But like Wes Matthews, you're relying on him, um, which kind of did okay. You know, he's in that same ballpark as George Hill. Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, they're going to have to be big. And I guess the good silver lining is at least those guys are battle-tested. Sure. Um, Nawara got minutes throughout the year, so he can be at least like not just completely green out there. But right. Portis is that – that's like maybe even – you know, if, if we've now got subplots on the Milwaukee side with Drew Holiday, um, Portis is a huge subplot. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a huge subplot. You know, can these guys get on the floor one and then two be good when they're yeah. out there? Um, I'm going to stick with Milwaukee yeah, to advance, but I would not be happy as a Bucks fan right now. Yeah, I'm interested to see how long Portis is out, because even if like. Say he say he, he can't really see or out of the one eye that he's having like <laughs> double vision or whatever. Right. He he he's gonna get actually, out there. <laughs> he no, because he can actually play old Bobby Portis ball, you know, where he's just banging around, hitting offensive boards, um, you know, getting you know whatever side whatever's the good eye side <laughs> put the ball on the floor from 10 feet out and try to just get contact you know but then i guess you have to go to the free throw line and look at three different hoops um but he might have to play if, if the injury is such that he is not going to get worse by playing he might have to play to get to get out of this series you know earlier than he wants you know, he, he might have he might have to get out there earlier than he wants before this thing heals. If it's not gonna get worse, you know. That or you gotta That's play Sandro Mamukolashvili, or you can do that. I I just I I, I went big on him in 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 fantasy for one day <laughs> earlier in the year. I have hope. I have hope that he can double double in the playoffs one day. Kidding. Uh, Milwaukee, though. So, like, th- as we prognosticate the East, like, let's advance Philly because there's no shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just shout out Joel Embiid. Um, yeah. and I, and but I'm you did start to a... see what you were talking about with no Tybal, uh last night. Sure. Where now Danny Green's got to – it's like everybody bumps over a spot and it's not a good thing. You know? It's not a good thing. So and um, I want to I give a shout out. I do believe – to me, Doc Rivers, I've went back and forth on this, but to me, he is the best out of timeout coach I think I've ever seen. Mm. Like, well, there you he go. Always, he always gets a, you know, all throughout the game. When he calls a timeout, when they're, they're like, he's like the antithesis of what we see in Brooklyn. You always get a, a great look. 
when you come out of the timeout with him. And and for for Embiid to get that look, I mean, to to get defenders to have to like make multiple decisions when the ball is not in play like that is very difficult. And he does it really all the time. And uh, that was just a great, great call. Um, I, yeah. I think if you're coaching to you you or playing, you've got to have a list of things that in a situation like that, that are just like non-negotiables where you're like, I'm not going to let that big man get any catch opportunity because he's yeah. tall enough to lift a shot over, you know, shoddy coverage. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard enough as is the, these great shooters, the Dirk Nowitzki's like blocking that shot. It's not gonna happen. It's so that's why Brooke Lopez is so good. Like you can't block it. Right. That's that sucks, especially when they can just shoot a little set shot. You know? Yeah. It's like so you gotta bother the crap out of that thing before it's even so it's like you gotta like pre rotate to that stuff. Right. And then they didn't do that. And and that's what you got. And that was really a wild moment. So this is lining up to Miami and Philly and then like you know if we're playing percentage odds like Milwaukee Boston um I don't know if anything that you've seen in Miami kind of changes anything that you thought about the east but before we head head over the west um do you want to play this out a little bit do you want to say Miami and Philly goes and then what are your thoughts about that series I would take Milwaukee I would take Miami I mean, I, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the team that um, has their best players, the, the best players on the t- team that actually care about winning and care about doing little things. I thought someone brought up a great point. I forget who I was listening to, but they're like, you know, Duncan Robinson, I think, had like 20 in the first game, you know, played like or I forget how much he had. But yeah, he it was played, about, you know, yeah, yeah, he played like, you know, 30 minutes or 20, whatever he played. And then. In game two, he played like eight minutes. But guess who's going to be ready to play? Duncan Robinson will be ready to play in game three. That's just like, a, they're just everybody hates on them for this like culture thing. Like they've heard too much about it, but it's like, yeah, give me more. <laughs> give me more. <laughs> give me more. Because like, yeah. look at Gabe Vincent. Like, first of all, local guy Stockton. Um, and I believe he played for the two way uh, or on a two way deal for the uh, the Stockton Kings as well at one point. And then of course. Skewed off into the distance and heads to Miami, where he's now really freaking good. Like yep. to be able to cover Trey Young with him as your second option, that's not fair, and that's why he was playing down the stretch. Um, they just got players like that everywhere. Caleb Martin's another one. Max Struess, who I was screaming at the top of the rooftop for teams to consider giving more than a minimum contract so they could possibly get in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just fill out their roster so well and. Bam out of bio against, you know, when you're looking at Joel Embiid, it's like, what's the short list of players that actually have a mild shot? You know, yeah. you got to have some he's gotta, girth. He's got to make him work, though, on on, um, on a defense. Right. You know, you, you got to he's got to they're doing high post or whatever. He's got to turn the court. He's got to he's got to not hand that ball off. He's got to keep it. He's got to put his head down and barrel to the hoop a couple of times. Can I just make, make Joel Embiid move his feet? And can I just say that I've just been so pleasure like watching Joel Embiid has been so much fun. Like some of the defensive oh, stuff, like 
to see a big man that size like track a, a, a small guard who's going to do a floater over his defender and then you know but like here comes Joel Embiid you know yeah. from the weak side rumbling at 300 pounds and then he elevates like that and and gets a block you know that kind of stuff is just like wow stuff it's like the John Morant stuff where you're just like never bored watching yeah. it at all and and I just love the way Joel Embiid plays on offense too he's just punishing and uh yeah. that's what it's all about so um i i do think it's unfortunate for philly that miami's on the draw because yeah that is the team that can make them pay for all of their transgressions with the james hardens and then they've got the personnel for the tyrese maxi if tyrese maxi wasn't on the squad then I, I would not have any faith in philly um as a team yeah and, and that's that's maybe selling joel Embiid a little bit short but We'll advance no, Miami I mean, because I think that's the and, and from a from a futures standpoint, I didn't put Miami into my futures mix because of all of the competition in the East. Um, but they're now emerging as a, a good value. So today I'm probably yeah, I'm probably I'm probably after this show going to visit the futures and, and updating some of that stuff because there's a lot of value man like all yeah. your 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 premium teams are getting hit but they're getting hit yeah. in a way that these guys could come back pretty soon so like they've got a high likelihood of surviving these hits but now the market's going to be like down on them and i think miami's sort of maybe hovering underneath the radar still a little bit probably a ton of excitement about boston if i'm not mistaken and then Brooklyn, you're going to get a great number there. So Brooklyn, Boston, and Miami were the three teams that could hurt me. So I'm probably going to throw some money on all of them but Boston um, for, for the gambling minute there. Uh, so that, that would bring us to a Miami versus Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston, um, Brooklyn kind of a mix. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're, we're not even sure that Milwaukee gets out of the Chicago series. And, and we're feeling like Boston's getting out of, of their series. Like, if Chicago advances, it's probably pretty easy that it's probably Boston. Yeah. Coming out to face Miami. And, and then I go, man, that's a bad matchup for Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's uh, yeah, things are... Yeah, things are lining up. Things are lining up for Miami. The stars are... It's crazy, right? Like The stars are lining up for, for Miami. Because like if, if Toronto advanced somehow, I don't know if I'd be that excited about Miami. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. there, there's so much wing depth there. You know, like, you would shut down Jimmy Butler. You'd shut down Kyle right. Lowry. You would shut down, you know, like... yeah. So it's it's wild how the matchups matter so much in all of this. And um, and then if it's Milwaukee that comes out like and you get Chris Middleton back, because that would probably be the biggest if they're against a Boston team. Yeah. Like the thing with Boston, you can stop them by just stopping one of the two wings. Yeah. Is my theory there. But yeah, I, I think that they still don't um trust the role players there you know i think that they still rely on too many difficult shots from tatum and brown when they don't need to be difficult where two more passes would get somebody else um a much easier shot and it's not like they don't have people capable of making shots i mean it's not like when you watch the ball get to you know 
Marcus Smart or Pritchard or one of those guys. It's not like they can't put the ball in the hoop. But I think it's just their, you know, it's in their DNA to rise up and take difficult shots. So We're getting um, um, breaking news out of Milwaukee. This is a hmm. local local news, so you got to worry about local news. Um, three, three to four weeks per the local news guy. Middleton. Middleton. So yeah. this, typically this comes from a Woger or Shams. So he's out of this. He's out of this series. In a in a in a market like Milwaukee, it wouldn't surprise me that the local news guy got it. Um, but yeah, no three three weeks would be like the end of this series, and then probably like at least the first half of the next series. Yeah, four weeks would put the end of the next series, which is like so. Now, if you're prognosticating, let's say they do get past Chicago, they're gonna have their hands full for like half the series against the other guys and then you have a guy that's coming back who's hasn't played in a, in three weeks or a month who's got a a knee that he might not fully trust so <laughs> but it's not like you know you don't come back i love when people make that go like oh he'll be back in you know well four weeks and it's like well what version of him will be back in four weeks also well, he, he's gonna need another week you know, need the two games to get that knee under him, you know? That's, I mean, but coming, especially if you're a Milwaukee fan, like watching Giannis make his knee go the wrong direction and then stay in the playoffs and win the whole thing, like you, you might be a little spoiled in the, re- yeah. in the, in the reality <laughs> department of what this actually right. does to you. Right. <laughs> I don't understand that to this day. I right, mean, in, the, right. in the final game, he made like 17 of 18 free throws or whatever. I still don't yeah. understand to this day. Yeah. what act of God came in and just took over. Um, yeah. But so that's bad news for Milwaukee. And as we're prognosticating, I think it lends itself very much so to a Boston Miami Eastern conference final in which Miami just got a sweet path. So I will be making my sweet ass head over to bet on Miami in the premium <laughs> portion of our, of our plan, but you got it for free here on the Cosm Brew show. And that's why you listen Hopefully also among other reasons. So in the West, let's get to the other tasty meatballs. Let's let's skip through like 30 seconds on Golden State, right? Because like they deserve that, right? Like De- oh, yeah. Denver has no shot. Denver's getting the full Golden State experience. It's just with new characters. Like you got the big three and then you've got, you know, your GP3s and your pools and your, you pool, know. Oh, man. Oh, pool. Yeah, pool, you know, pool's been practicing some Steph Curry moves. Yeah, so they're they're getting the full. I mean, it's just you, you, they're not they they have no shot whatsoever. They're not going to win a game. There, there's no. I mean, Golden State can can feel itself a little bit, but I don't know. There's no help. There's like, no help coming for Denver. Yeah, there's no. I mean, they needed, how much they, they needed to win game the, one or something. And yeah, the big the big guy he just can't like, you know, even if he. If he committed to the block on every single possession and went off for 55, I'd still take the, you know, gold state covering. Because I, wanna... I just don't, there's no, they're not going to let him go for that long. I mean, they're going to eventually, he's going to have to pass somebody and somebody's going to have to, you know, make some shots. And I just don't, it's just not happening. <laughs> I'm so tempted to read the headline that came across the Twitter. It's so off topic and I'm not going to do it. 
but it okay. ha- but it has to do with Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg, and 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 a pressuring of an email to the Daily Mail about her then boyfriend, Activision Blizzard's Bobby Kotick. Like, why I, I, our world is falling apart because of social media and the head of Activision Blizzard's Bobby Kotick. <laughs> Ah, my God. Back to basketball. Back to basketball. We got so let's let's cover some chicks. quick ground on the Phoenix um, Ooh, New yeah. Orleans series because I, I mean I don't believe it's a series. You, you think that minus Booker, it's still an easy push forward for Phoenix. I pushed a lot of chips in the middle for this upcoming game. I think it's either tonight or tomorrow. I don't know which, which one it is um, because. It was a pick'em, and so my thought is there's no way that the Suns let themselves go down one to two on the road in in New Orleans. Obviously, um, they have so much depth; like they've played without guys throughout the year, and and been fine. Granted, regular season ball. Um, okay. My my theory on this is that their defense went really bad in game two. Like, everything they did, like, that first half of game one was, like, the best basketball I think I've ever seen. Um, the Phoenix side. The, the, the defensive equation, they just, like, it wasn't any one thing that stood out, like some bad glaring matchup. It was just that they didn't get into them, and they let them get really comfortable, and, and then it just kind of got contagious, and then it started affecting their offense a little bit, and they just kind of hung around and hung around and hung around. And and you give a team confidence with a guy like Brandon Ingram, and you got a killer in C.J. McCollum, and it's uh, more news breaking here on the topic that we're talking about. Devin Booker could miss two to three weeks with a grade one hamstring strain. So uh, obviously out for the rest of this series as we're talking about. That's from Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, but like... You can cover Brandon Ingram with Mikhail Bridges. You can cover C.J. McCollum with a couple different guys. You could go Bridges. I think you could cover him with Cam Johnson. I think you could cover him with Chris Paul. Um, heck, like, I wouldn't want to do it, but, like, uh, Cameron Payne. I think you could cover, to some degree, a C.J. McCollum with. Um, so you're starting to take away anything that they got. You know, and, and, and Jonas Valanciunas, you know, DeAndre Ayton should theoretically be able to hang in a little bit. So. Yeah, I don't, I'm not as confident as you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Talk me off the ledge here. I, 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 uh, I agree with that in theory. I do, but these are now, that's the thing about the playoffs. Like, again, this is where the big boy coaches come out and. New Orleans got a really good coach. Jay Willie God, Green. man, he is good. They, I mean, that's the that's the dude. So I, I and, and Monty Williams. Did you is a see really him making too. those calls during some of the games where like he was telling guys like they were they were showing different looks and and he kept saying like he he was he was commanding the frequency of it all. And I know that this might happen all over the league, but like I count how many times did you just see the coach stand there and not say a damn thing. Yeah. And, and you know nothing is changing. There's no action. Like, right, right. There's no hand signal. There's no change that's made on the floor. I mean, you're not on the floor. You're not in the huddle. You can't say for sure. But you just kind of know there's no change being made. He was out there calling different looks and different coverages. And I just thought that's the way you got to do it. Like, 
can't let the other team get comfortable with the same scheme over and over and over again. Right. And so my thing where I, where I think they could have some success is I think that to me, the the thing when you to me what you lose from what you lose from Booker. I mean, we saw you know he had the 30, thirty one points in the first half. You know what you lose is just that crazy dude that can get you easy buckets. Like he's a he's a run ender, right? Like yo, you scored six in a row. Take that, you know. And so what you're gonna fall into. I agree with everything you said about what they can do defensively, but I think that now what you have is when it with Willie Green, how he decides to, to cut off Chris Paul because Chris Paul also gets you easy shots with all the switches and stuff. I would be shocked if they come out and they're going to and Chris Paul is just going to be pointing at guys and they're going to come up and set a screen mm-hmm. and they're just going to switch. Willie Green's they're going to be trapped and they're going to be blitz and they're going to be going over the top. They're going to be going under on they different might use Jones on them. Yeah, who, who knows? But they're they are going to really hamper the way Chris Paul does things. So now you don't have the big gun and your next and your maybe even more key offensive guy who gets everybody their love. He's gonna not be able to do what he wants to do. So I think it's 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 imperative that Phoenix wins this next game. Like they they have got they cannot let this team get any sort of uh, confidence, you know, more so than they have veteran leadership on that team to go with the good coach and, and they got a nuclear player in Brandon Ingram. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like definitely they, and that's my thinking is like, I think everybody in Phoenix knows, especially when you lose a guy, like you don't want to play games. You shouldn't have to play. Like you you want to wrap these series up and not leave it to chance that somebody could have one of these freak injuries. And so that's like already in their brain. And, and and they know like, we can't like, they're thinking we got to take two games and then come home and wrap it up and then, you know, get back to the, get back to the, the PT and all of that. But like, that's, I mean, one other silver lining there, if you're, if you're like me and like, I'm shoving all the chips in the middle on this. Like, so this is a big bet that I'm making. Um, Their transition defense was so bad in game two, the Phoenix Suns, that is that like, it's kind of hard to even like, no matter who was playing, but the the get back factor, like for whatever reason, fell apart in that game. So they will get that back. And they were still in that game um, despite giving up all those transition buckets. So that's kind of an outlier there. Um, So gun to head. Are you picking a one-eight upset? No. Okay. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna stay with. I'm gonna think. I mean, they they they've played so hard and so well without you know guys this year, I, you know, and I, and I think defensively they just gotta they they just have to stay with the the understanding that they're what they're doing if they're not getting things going on offense that has nothing to do with what they do on defense. They've got to stay in their defensive moment because they really should be fine there. You know, Devin Booker is no world beater on defense, but and all those guys that they have can really lock you up, especially the, the two guys that they're going to be trying to lock up. So they just they can't like, you know, Mikhail Bridges might really struggle on offense, you know, but he's just got to be like, I don't I forgot about that side of the court. I'm going to lock it. We're going to win a really ugly game. He's probably going to top lock Brandon Ingram so he can't catch the ball. 
would be, would be, that was, would be my guess. Yeah. yeah. So, and so then they, they, they yeah, lock them down after to, that. Yeah. Stay with their principles, stay with their game plan. They should move on. Um, so I'm the guy that decided to talk about Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg for 45 seconds. And I also brought up Mike Tyson. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the blame for us going over an hour. Um, I think what we'll do for the rest of the West is like, there's a deeper conversation to be had about golden state versus whoever. Yeah. Um, and then Phoenix will advance past U- Utah and Dallas and that all makes sense. So we're really talking about the same conversation, no matter what in the West, which is Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, and or what's going on in this series. We'll finish up with this series here in Memphis. Um, and then we'll talk about kind of that bigger, broader question. We'll have another bite at the apple, at least two, maybe um, in the coming weeks. So Memphis, I thought that Stephen Adams stuff was super obvious and I think it's funny that teams, they like to go into these playoffs and say, we're not changing anything. They're going to have to make us change. You know, we, we are who we are, you know, and it's very bravado. And, and, and I guess there's some upside to, to it in certain respects. But like Stephen Steven Adams literally, you know, after 2000 game two, within three minutes, t- take me out. And then, you know, in the locker room, take me out. You know, everybody understanding that Xavier Tillman's a better matchup. Uh, Jaron Jaron Jackson is a better matchup. Um, And that Steven Adams is absolutely bringing nothing to the table, you know, offensively, except for the fact that he can get in there and kind of clog up the paint and get some boards. That was really deflating for Memphis in game one. They never caught their rhythm. They pressed into bad shots. Minnesota caught their, um, their confidence some massive Carl Anthony Towns stuff going on in that game. Like one of his dunks, like was spectacular. And he let the entire city of Memphis know. Um, and that was the dunk that, that Jaron Jackson got the T on because it was such a great dunk that, that Jaden McDaniels got into the, the, the woofing and, and he, he got so upset. Jaron Jackson did that. He had to yell at that guy. And not even Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so the, the momentum was not with Memphis. Um, and then it predictably came back. Whole, I don't want to put the whole thing on Stephen Adams, though. I mean, p- people are responsible. They looked nervous, and they looked like they weren't ready for the moment, quite honestly. Um, I'm, I'm in full <laughs> agreement. The, the, and, and also... You know, so Stephen Adams didn't help, but like the, those guys were... This, they, they looked like a team that has never been an overwhelming favorite before in game I, one. I, I will that, give you, that, that's that's what they look like to me all and, of that i give you yeah so yeah, and then, they, then i think the thing the 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 you know come to jesus happened like what the hell are we doing like you know they took him off the floor but they also came out and were like dude are we are we we've been talking all year about what we're gonna do and then we all came out with our tails tucked behind our legs and you know that's not us. <laughs> that's, that's not Some who of we it are. was on jaw. I thought like uh, yeah, they fed, all pressed. Yeah, I mean, they, they all pressed. They, they all pressed. Well, he pressed a different way. He pressed in that like I'm gonna kill you way. Yeah. And then you had the other guys that had their tails between their legs, like Jaron Jackson. I thought played that way. I thought you know going down the list, Anthony Melton definitely played that way when they let him play. Um, yeah. And and then you had. Um, Dylan Brooks, who to me is going to be this interesting player where he's going to like ride the line. If he gets a little too overweight, he loses a lot. 
yeah. effectiveness, which is where I think he's at right now. He's got to play his way into shape. It's still happening after missing some time in the sort of tail end of the year. Um, but like that overdoing it by John Morant, the underdoing it by the other guys, um, you know, it all kind of fed into itself and, and then created that, that, that effect that you're talking about in game one. And then in game two, they came out and, and had that confidence back. Um, I, where are you at, I guess, with this series? Just point blank, like, oh, top I, line. I, I'm, I'm never going to... Um... I'm never going to put any stock in a team that's, you know, relying on Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I and mean, that's not, that's a no brainer. I mean, that's just not even a, that's not, a, uh, that's not even, a, you're looking for that. You're looking for that dude. You, 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 you got, if that's your plan, you don't have a plan, you know? But what if their plan, what if their plan really is like, Hey, Anthony Edwards, it's your team now. Yeah, but they got too many athletes on the other side. He he can go. I mean, Anthony Edwards thinks he's the best player on the court. You know, he there's no doubt about that. But and he's and he's gonna play like it. But I mean, I mean, we talk about you know Carly Towns. Oh, he's dunking. He's doing this. What does he What does he do the next game? Wets the bed. Four for seven. Five fouls. You know, like just. You know, nowhere to be found. You know, super max guy, nowhere to be found. D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, played pretty, pretty good. But, you yeah, know, he's really struggling you know, with that length. You know, you uh, know, so just, you know, he's not, he got a lot of, he, he attacked the mid range a lot, um, you know, enough, I thought, at crucial times in the first game. Um, yeah, you know, Beverly's a good cheerleader. And you know, gives you a certain moxie, but what you're gonna ISO him and be like, yeah, you go ahead against the Bane or something, and we'll see where you know, like, what what are we talking about? They can't win this series. I mean, they're <laughs> gonna go to the Minnesota, you know, the the playoff um, desert known as Minnesota, where they're gonna be fired up. And and one thing yeah. about this Mem- or Minnesota team that keeps me from really, like, I would push chips into the middle. I'm pushing a decent amount in on this upcoming game on Memphis, more free stuff for you guys, listeners of the cause and brew show. Um, but the, uh, like the one thing that makes me fear this is some of the aforementioned stuff we talked about, but on the Minnesota side, like they have guys that can get hot, you know, Um, Malik Beasley, like he, he, if he could ever develop any other aspect of his offensive game, (laughs) that would be very scary because he's, very good at just stepping into shots and making them from deep. And, and you know, obviously Russell can get hot. Carl Anthony Towns could theoretically get hot. Um, and then Anthony Edwards, I just one quick second on him. You said it a while ago where you were like kind of giving him that awe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Treatment. And, and I'm seeing that now more than ever and thinking, like, what is this guy going to be? in two years where he's kind of at that peak athleticism and strength and has the the skills catching up and has the shot already and the dribbles and just who boy, like who's going to cover him? I don't even know. Like for me, like he, he might be a top five player, like in two years to me, to me, this is like, they, they're thinking about down the road if if Carl Anthony Towns could play even remotely decent in this in the losing in this series, I'm shipping his ass out. I'm getting as much as I can. Oh God, yeah. While the while the while the price is high, 
people will be remembering a couple years ago where everybody thought he was the best young player. Because you, you've got the dude. There needs to be no – there need the, he's still like – even though like he's the leader and he's the best player, there's still like this – it's Carl Anthony Towns' team and stuff. They need to get that out the door and get in dudes that are going to look to him as the leader because he's going to steer the ship the right way. I, I, I think nothing but this kid is a – freaking beast he is a monster and, and they need to let him go and then get rid of that he looks like he, he's got that kind of kobe factor where he's already yes. confident like i yes. mean I just this is a funny little thing but it's like the the commercial that he's in like he's already a good actor like yeah. <laughs> like i mean it but it comes from this confidence he's like acting yeah that's easy i just go and i say a couple lines i got this you know yeah and and then you know just every bit of the moxie i mean there's some cleanup stuff on the defensive side he was going through it sure. for a ton of steals in the last game yeah but he thinks he's the best defensive player in the league like yeah. it's it, there's something about and then the, the the happiness with which he carries himself yeah, it, there's there's a lot there, and I'm I'm really looking forward to unpacking that. And you're absolutely right about the Carl Anthony Towns thing, and, and that's why some people should be general managers. <laughs> there's a couple of us that 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 talk, you know, through various channels that are in the league that we all were like, man, if we could just get, gang up and get a team, we would just be <laughs> off to the races. And I really do believe that, like, we would be fine. I wouldn't want to deal with any of the BS. But um, <laughs> that would be a problem. OK, so this is I think we're going to call it a show because like we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about the rest of the West. And we're going to basically we, 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 we chunked off a ton of these. It's like we got Miami coming out of the East. Yeah. And you know, what was great is that we were calling it the uh, the Who Cares Bowl. Dallas in Utah. We spent like a ton of time on Dallas in Utah. <laughs> I know. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. But you know what? <laughs> They need some love too. They and got some love. Hey, what, they got what if New Orleans love. makes it? Now all of a sudden we'll care, you know? That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. So theoretically, we're going to do this every week. We feel pretty good yeah. about it right now. Um, so hang tight. Enjoy this upcoming week of the playoffs. We'll all circle up hopefully next week on Thursday and do it again. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace. Somehow landed the airplane. <laughs> <laughs>